from the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you. We're Don'tForgetATowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. The following is a DFAT Entertainment podcast, recorded and edited by Jake Duell. The world is very different now, for man holds in his mortal hands the power to abolish all forms of human poverty and all forms of human life. Let both sides explore what problems unite us, instead of belaboring those problems which divide us. We dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Aaron. Jake. Welcome back to the tavern a week late because both of our lives got crazy. Oh, don't you just love when life gets in the way? Oh, yes, I do. Let's just start off off the top. Uh, what are you drinking? Well, because I thought that you were still going to be uh, infirmed and unable to drink, I decided to break out an old classic of mine. So this is not going to be a blind taste test for me because this is one of my absolute favorite uh, hard ciders from uh, the Bee Nectar Company. Uh, I mean, I've loved this thing for years, but it's called Zombie Killer. Okay. Uh, very hilarious uh, name. Uh, it is apparently the winner of the 2011 Mazer uh, Gold Medal Cup Winner Award, um, but it is a hard cider with uh, honey and cherry added. And uh, as I forgot my bottle opener, I am using a pair of pliers to open this. Well, I technically probably should not be drinking yet. Um, so I I don't know if we talked about this the last time we Matt, I know I told you I had the migraines, but I had been having a cluster migraine and I got uh, two shots in the back of my head of a pretty much like Novocaine type substance for migraines. And oh. I know this is a audio, uh, so this will be perfect. But the <laughs> vial was like this big, Aaron, for each shot. That's like the size of your head. Like it was huge. Um and for those it, playing the at-home game, James Jake has a giant head. So <laughs> uh, it took a good uh, week for the cluster headaches to be knocked out completely. Uh, but I've been headache-free for a while now, so I'm making the very unsmart decision potentially to uh, have some drink because I want to, and not because you need to. No. Not because I need to, but because I want to. And I'm having from our friends Grenfall Meadery, uh, one of our first drinks, they put out a special edition called Venar Ancient Mead. Uh, and it's like 17% uh, alcohol. Sorry, 19.2%. Uh, and it is very good. So well, mine, mine is also gluten free. So I think mine might be gluten free. I'm it's really only, it's only sure. five and a half percent. So, but uh, this is tasty and it's, so, I mean, I love anything cherry and I'm a cider 
cider snob to begin with. So, so I might have a migraine tonight. This might be a very stupid decision. Um, we'll see how it goes. You know what? Let it, let it, uh, let it flow. Well, it is that time for us to hop into our time machine that we bought to explore the alternate history of the world when it comes to politics. And today we are going to look at what if World War I went differently? And that can have many, many branches of alternate history. So, you know, I think World War I was probably the most pivotal event of it's been over a hundred years now, but the past a hundred years when it comes to pretty much all things politics in the West mm-hmm. and potentially even parts of the East uh, of what you would call the world. Um, we are still experiencing fallout from the events of World War One. So I would agree with that. It was important. I mean, it lasted all of four years, July mm-hmm. to July 1914 to November 1918. It was started pretty much because Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated and there were all these super stupid treaties that were right. written The, the that, folly of treaties because you because I'm friends with you and you're friends with them. I have to defend those assholes over there. Yeah. And then in the end, we blame Germany for everything. Which Yay. totally didn't set up the events of World War II. Yeah. It's not like World War II could have been completely avoided if uh, everything that happened as a result of World War I had just, like, not happened. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. So let's get right off the bat into alternate history of World War I. So I say we look at right off the bat what happens if World War I doesn't happen. Oh, I mean, I got a I got a good one for that. Okay. I I got to say I think war was inevitable because there was a powder keg developing, but I don't think it had to be World War 1 and what would happen in World War 1. Okay. I got I got one that I'll throw out at you. All right. That would a war that would have taken place when World War 1 happened, but it's not a world war. Okay. Okay, so because we talked about this before with our previous alternate history episode, which is what if Hamilton lived? Yes. So I continue off of that. Hamilton lives. By this point, he's dead. But the ripple effect is that the Civil War never happened until 1914. And you have the great American Civil War, except at this point, there's uh, how many states do we have in World War One? Forty-eight states. It's, I'm assuming it's up there. I mean, Alaska and Hawaii weren't in yet, but I don't know if we're still waiting on some of the other territories out there. Right. I'm. I'm doing. I'm frantically typing so quickly. Let's see. Uh, this is a horrible website. Yeah. What website are you on? Uh, there was the first one that popped up was study.com. Okay. All right. I got, I got 
Statista. We had 48 states. Okay. In 1914. Okay. So World War One doesn't happen because before a powder keg gets to kick off in Europe, the first great American civil war happens in 1914. Uh, spurred by the South's or the North's growing distaste for the continued proliferation of slavery, um, which has continued into the 19th century or eight, what, 20th century, 20th, 20th century, uh, because of events of Hamilton, which I believe we talked about. So around the time that the world would go to war, it doesn't happen because America goes to war in a crazy civil war with modern weapons. So staying on this topic for just a moment, let me propose to you. Uh, I found a better list of states out there. So, yes, in 1914, there were uh, 48 states, but Arizona and New Mexico only became states in 1912. In your alternate history, do you think we have 48 states? Do you think they could have come to the consensus to allow two more states into the union during this turmoil? What were those last two states? Arizona and New Mexico. Also in the early 1900s, Oklahoma in 1907. I am going to say in my alternate timeline, it is the the um, the formation of those two states that kicks off the Civil War. It is the straw that breaks the camel's back because we'll say that uh, without going without diving too much into the deep deep depressive recesses of my brain um whether one or both of those states was for or against slavery is what caused the schism Mm, interesting i am going to veer off of our hamilton alternate history yes but only because i want to focus on really trying to set the scene for how much world war one affected world history and I'm just going to cover a few things. So World War One doesn't happen. Some other war happens. It doesn't matter because it's not World War One. Germany's not put full in blame okay. for it. The League of Nations never gets founded, which was a failure anyways, but was the precursor to the UN. Mm-hmm. I don't think also we end up. I, I don't think we end <laughs> up with a UN without a League of Nations. A um, Austrian man named Adolf Hitler never fights in a war, then is sent to go undercover into this little radical party called the Nazi party, ends up becoming a Nazi himself and raising the Nazis to party through or to power through his oration and how good of a public speaker he is. Does he in your alternative timeline, does he finally get to live out his dream of being an artist? He is a failed artist. Oh, but he, there, there's but, nothing he can do uh, to do that. Um, the Cold he War. Yells, he calls anybody that uh, doesn't like his art a dirty Jew. The The Cold War doesn't happen because those grounds aren't established. And Fidel Castro ends up playing for the New York Yankees. 
uh sorry that probably didn't happen but uh would have been funny Mm -hmm. um world war ii never happens the cold war doesn't happen as it's set out the middle east is not split up the way it's split up by a bunch of rich british fuckers sitting in a room going oh the line would look good there creating (laughs) these horribly mangled countries that aren't paying attention to culture Mm -hmm. which long run leads to 9-11 probably never happening because the cold war doesn't happen the taliban doesn't happen like i I feel like world war one is the shatter point in history where just so much of our past 100 years seems built off of fallout from world war one wow fascinating i mean would you disagree with how important like the fallout is like looking back on it i mean just from a you know simple view standpoint it does it it is sort of the first domino that fell and triggered everything else because you're right you know world war one is what it is it throws a lot of countries into turmoil it leads to um you know great depression and fractures governments and yes it is the direct it is the direct cause of world war ii in every single way including creating hitler into the person he was because he fought in world war one which is funny because he's austrian but yet he fought for germany he is disgusted by the um temporary ceasefire that happens between german and british soldiers on christmas day not understanding how his countrymen could you know play soccer with people that have been killing their friends and family because of that and after the war and the allies being like oh yeah this was all germany's fault we're just gonna fuck them over um yeah he does all that he does I don't think we need to go into detail about that. And uh, that and during that time from World War One causes Russia to go off the rails and so Soviet Union and uh, become more aggressive with their people and more aggressive with their expansion of communism, which then powder kegs into World War Two, which then the powder fall kegs. of World War Two and the fall of Germany is what leads to the Cold War with us fighting with the Soviet Union over Berlin. And when it comes down to it, it was so many bad decisions. I, I think I think the reason World War I feels so pivotal is because it was a mix of 1800 thought in the next century. I mean, we still had troops early on in the war showing up on horseback with swords because they didn't understand how weapons had been developed right like it was the same concept like america kind of saw it already in the civil war right we saw that advancement in weaponry we had people camping out at war sites thinking oh this war is gonna last a week and then the machine gun hit the you know war and things changed World War One hit. I mean, I mean, hell, you had you had people lining up in a row, in the Civil War, being like, "Oh yeah, this is how we fought during the Revolutionary War: front row, back row," not realizing that 
yeah, we've rifled the barrels now, and it's not so much a like we have musket balls, but we also have this new one that's like cylindrically shaped, kind of you know I don't know what we're gonna call it, maybe a bullet. That sounds fun, and uh, you have everybody stand in a row because the tactic was if everybody stands in a row and fires in the same direction, hopefully one of your musket balls is going to hit the other person. The first couple battles of the civil war, they did that and everyone got fucking mowed down because yeah. the gun was accurate. And they're like, Oh fuck, this is not, and this is not good. Gas hit mm-hmm. and warfare became how many feet can I gain in the next few weeks in right. this battle? Not can I win the battle? Can I gain a couple feet in the battle? Like, and then the fallout from World War One was still not understanding how the world had changed and being like, oh, we can just punish Germany financially for the entire war. This is how we used to do things. It'll be perfectly fine. Right. And we can you now break up countries how we want. You know, it's not like the Ottoman Empire hasn't fallen and Austria-Hungary is still a thing, correct? Like, they just didn't understand what they were doing. Like, literally made every single political mistake you probably could have made. Yeah. Um, during and after before during and after oh yeah like it was horrible but and i was... will i will say this to go to your point of the powder keg i think a world war was inevitable and i'm gonna throw maybe a little bit of silver lining out there i think if world war one didn't happen when it did to cause the domino effect i think a world war would have happened eventually causing a similar domino effect But the problem is the longer you wait in our collective timeline for that first domino to fall, the more devastating it is. Oh, yeah, because the weapons would have been even deadlier. Like, Because weapon advancement has just always been a thing. And uh, yes, technically, the, the advent of the nuclear bomb was, you know, spurred on by the events of World War One and the growing escalation with World War Two. But in all honesty, I mean, you had science, you had scientists experimenting with radiation and atomic particles long before, you know, they came out with that. And but hear me out. If we had waited long enough, by the time World War One broke out, we would have had laser guns. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been great. Laser guns. <laughs> Uh, that well, I mean, is that a good thing? No, no, I mean, I mean, we could have been telling our kids about you know the how their grandparents got zapped, you know, had oh, wait, it would have we would have had laser guns, but it would have we probably also would have had lightsabers too. Oh, we, we would be living in Star Wars, you you get uh. Uh, general up on his horse with his lightsaber there yes you know i also think though like like there's other fallouts from world war one that are less known and one that always sticks out to me was this crazy thing that would have changed i think technological development as we know it um there was a scientist that was experiencing or experimenting with solar panels uh, right before World War I. And he had actually developed solar panels 
and put them in Cairo in 1913 and had this whole thing ready to go where like it was going, the solar panels were going to power pumps that were going to bring water from the sea into Egypt that was going to allow them to grow crops like it was going to work. And then World War One happened and the funding fell through. But could you imagine, and maybe we get into conspiracy a little bit here, what it would have been like if solar got developed all the way back then and got shown to be a predominant energy source? Right. Like. Oh, it would have been huge because technology advances on an exponential scale. So you're adding you're adding what 50 years before solar actually became yeah considered a viable thing and oil would have never blown up the way it did because we would have had a, a resource where we wouldn't have needed oil for power as much well, like it would have still been used for cars even, and stuff but even other than that you know taking out the the need aspect if world war 1 doesn't happen and the middle east is never thrown into chaos there's no oil wars yeah. Everybody just has normal consumption. And here, I mean, aside from normal consumption, even if consumption trends the exact same way that it trended basically in our timeline, if you don't have chaos in the Middle East, you have normal production, you have zero waste. And it's just and with with normal production, zero waste and normal consumption, you don't have panic buying. You don't have people being like, I need to buy a Hummer to burn 50 gallons a day because it's going to be gone and they won't let me buy it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's insane to me to know that this scientist, uh, John Erickson had developed solar panels and uh, then an American engineer, Frank Schumer was going to make a solar power generator in Egypt in 1913. Like he dreamed of the world running on solar power and it might have happened if the war was delayed just a little bit. Right. Like, I mean, it's one of those people always say, you know, well, solar technology isn't efficient enough. Well, yes now, but it's it's just like over time, like computers used to be not efficient enough to fit in your pocket. (laughs) It took up a six by six room just to do two plus two technology advances. Like it's one of the reasons why all our our alternate energy sources like solar and wind viable to replace um, traditional energy now. No, not even close, but we can't abandon them because we need them to progress to the point that they are more efficient that they do actually work and i want to take this moment to broadcast to our best sponsor one who refuses to give us money mr elon musk mr elon musk i had an idea spurred on by a friend um he said he wanted to be the perfect millennial dad and own a electric powered lawnmower i advised against it i think we all know that today gas power is the correct way to go for lawnmowers and snowblowers. But then I had an idea. The Tesla shed 
it is a shed that has solar panels on the roof, has a built-in battery, and every piece of equipment from your lawnmower to your hedge trimmer has its spot in the shed that you put it. And it has wireless charging for your electric lawnmower, your electric hedge clippers, your electric snowblower, all available only in the Tesla shed. Elon, get on it. Rochester, we're ready for you. Come, We'll manufacture it. That's a brilliant idea. I love it. And as someone who has an electric ride-on mower, um, it's fantastic. Just think you put it right in the shed on the specific part that has the charging pad for your ride-on mower and the solar power I panels. Would, just power your lawnmower wirelessly. I wish I was smart enough because I would right now try and figure out how to modify my shed to make that a reality. Instead, the I mean, the biggest downside of my uh, ride-on lawnmower is that the power cord for it is is stupidly short. Like, not, like, all you, like, if they had just given me, like, two more feet, it, it's at an, it's at an uncomfortable length. Like, if it was shorter, you would like understand like, OK, you know, it's too <laughs> short, but I get it. But it's like it could it should just be just a little bit longer, but it's not. My cell phone can charge wirelessly. When will a Tesla car be able to sit on a pad and just wirelessly charge? Just saying. <laughs> With that, though, we need to stop talking about World War One for a second and go to the alternate history time machine rev up our next change due to this and stop for a commercial break all this top 40 music is so boring geez i sure wish i had something geeky to listen to well i've got just the thing for you stranger who are you and how did you get in my house don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You, you gotta leave. I called the cops. Coming to you live from the trenches, World War One, a changed time. <laughs> I like it. And we've I like everything the, that we just advertised. We, we've got the newsies. You can watch a live movie with a train coming at you with words in front of it. Have you ever seen anything like it? Only at the World's Fair. <laughs> Does the World's Fair happen if World War One doesn't happen? I think the World's Fair happened before World War One. It oh, had been it happening a thing in the for a long time. Yeah, I think the first World's Fair was. Uh, I mean, they started as early as eighteen fifty one. Eighteenth and nineteenth century. Yeah, eighteen fifty one. So yeah, they're yes. still a thing. The great exhibition of the works of industry of all nations. I mean, I think. The other thing that happens, though, if World War One doesn't happen is there was a lot of 
technology would have evolved differently. Like we mentioned the solar panels. Right. But there was also a lot of technology that came out of World War One. War breeds technological advancement from the way planes would have changed to the fact that Germans got submarines. Those were all direct results of how the war happened. Certain medical treatments came out of the war and certain conventions on how to not be so brutal in war came out of World War One and World War Two. Now, are those followed? That's a different story. Yeah. yeah. Collective globalism. Eh, collective globalism. There's no going back from it. Yeah, but I mean, it's just crazy to think. So I'm still on the thought of World War I doesn't happen. What do you think is the war that breaks out? I don't think we get more than an extra six to 10 years if World War I doesn't happen before that world war breaks out. Yeah. I say you still have a massive conflict that happens in Eastern Europe. I think I think it's still the powder keg that happens over there. Yeah, it's 100%. That place was set up by Bismarck to be a powder keg. Right. It was set up for a defensive reason to be a powder keg, but without him there, the defensive part of it didn't really work out because he was really trying to... He did some crazy things with trying to prevent wars by being like, I'm going to marry this person to this person and this person to this person. So they're all cousins, uncles and aunts and brothers and no one can fight each other. Right. And then without him there, people are like, well, I like this cousin better. But right. you go back <laughs> to that time and it's like, oh, yeah, the king of Germany was the queen of England's cousin i don't know if that's actually what they were but like it's crazy how interconnected all right. the royal blood was during that time. well eventually you start running out of royals so you have to start you know boinking cousins then, to keep keep the bloodline pure how dare you then you marry a common american oh megan markle oh, I, I shiver at the thought of the british crown doing that well well harry's the second anyway he's always been the rejected no one it doesn't really matter who he marries veering into conspiracy again it's all part of the plan archie runs for president in 30 years kills off the rest of the royal family thus getting declared king of england merging the country back into england it's all part of the plan i'll just i'll just say this for uh if that is if that is the plan for Archie, um, we defeated the British once. I think we could do it again. You'll be back soon. You'll see. <laughs> you'll remember you belong to me. <laughs> we'll throw something a little different this time than tea into the river. Oh, they can't. Uh, Britain cannot afford us to throw anything into the river with them splitting from the EU. They're in trouble. Oh, no. You froze for a second there. You froze. I was fine. You froze, too. I was fine. <laughs> well, 
to be honest, it's windy and my internet wire is going from a pole to my house. So it's probably getting hit right now. I'm all underground. But I'm what I was saying is what what does uh what does British produce? Uh I don't know, chocolate. No, that's Cadbury that's, eggs. Uh, that's Belgium's and they only no, they, they make like Cadbury eggs or something. It's, it's still not really tea. All right, yeah. fine. It's still the tea. So, <laughs> so they split from the EU, but they're trying to reclaim us. And we're going to be like, we got we found like a pallet of this Twinnings English tea. We're just going to throw this. No, 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 no. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're, we're just kidding. We're kidding. Please, please don't throw it. We need we need the revenue from that. So please, 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 please don't throw that into the river. Dear God, no, please stop. We're sorry. We learned our lesson the last time. OK, <laughs> don't, 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 don't. I'm, I'm starting to fight with Ireland again. And it's freaking me out. They're getting so screwed over by Brexit. Like just as a, a modern thing, like all the extra paperwork they have to fill out. Like I bought the IRA so- is back. That's my fit. That's that's the part. I, I love that one the most that that they leave the EU. Brexit happens and the IRA is like, all right, fuck it. We're well, back now. Wales wants to split off because in Wales, the majority uh, voted to remain so they want to become their own country and join back with the eu um i'm all for a unified ireland by the way unified ireland. i think i think the protestant occupation has gone on long enough the crazy <laughs> thing is so emmy back at her old job had to go to england for work and she fell in love with this chocolate company over there that's why i said chocolate um <laughs> fort him and mason or something so i ordered her chocolate for um mother's day from there um which is arriving insanely fast it was 25 dollars for shipping and i'm getting it less than seven days after i ordered it so awesome that's awesome but when i was on their website it was like just to be aware we cannot ship our product to the eu if you would like to buy our product please visit our eu store and I'm like sitting there going, so they can't ship to the EU. I wonder if they ship to America, then run a store in America that ships back to the EU because they're not selling it from England. They're selling it from America in that case. I mean, I could see that loophole existing. But yeah, they're ugh. modern talk. Brexit. It didn't go well. Unify Ireland independent whales let the welsh be free all six of them (laughs) and they're stuck up welshness hey they're better than any of the true brits this coming from someone who did ancestry.com hoping for something fun and it came out that my dad's side of the family is probably from london you know (laughs) as british as you can get yep so good job jake yeah you fucking Tory. I knew it all along. Oh, such a traitor. Such yep. a traitor. Yeah. Oh, I've been working for the British crown the whole time. This is why I support King Archie. King Archie the first. I'll just say this. If uh, if that conspiracy theory is real, um, I will dedicate my life to training my children to take out King Archie <laughs> and uh, restore restore American independence. That'll That'll be... That'll be my legacy. You know, that is an interesting thing swinging back to World War One to think about, though, is like how countries 
even I mentioned the Middle East got split up really poorly right. by World War One, but how countries in Europe would have ended up because Austria was not a country by the end of the right. war, like really. Uh, and like you had, you know, your big countries, England, France, Spain, Italy. But we got to remember when World War One happens, Germany and Italy have barely been countries. Right. Like we think of Europe and we go, ooh, old. And it's like, no, Italy and Germany were a bunch of city states that just recently in their time merged together. France is coming out of the reign of terror and Napoleon and the Napoleonic Wars America's older than some of the European countries. Right. Right. Because you had you had Germany part of basically Austria, Hungary. The Swiss have always existed as the Swiss. So yes. but I mean, I think even countries would have been different. Would the Ottoman Empire have fallen without World War One and become Turkey? Or would we still have Ottomans or the Ottoman Empire into the second half of the 1900s hmm. i don't know like you might still have the ottoman empire i mean with, with without basically an antagonistic force that you know attempting to you know dissolve it absolutely crazy like everything would have been different like the map of the world would have been different is just something crazy to think about the technology would have been different it's just right how things progressed how things yeah like it part of the reason i wanted to talk about this one was just because i've always had a strong interest in world war one and how pivotal it's been as a moment it like makes me think of like uh doctor who at times because there's a scene in doctor who where they ask well why don't you go back in time and kill hitler and he's like there's events and people that are i forget they call them but they're like time pins that they are pivotal to how history turns out and those cannot be changed and i feel like World War One's this time pin to our culture. Right. Like, yeah, you can basically trace everything that we live through right now back to that point. Yeah. Like, it's just... I mean, it shaped how a lot of countries think about how a lot of countries thought about war. I mean, you know, America was in... You know, that was our... Was that our period of isolationism? Or did we, we enter were... the period of isolationism after World War One? Because of World War One, it was a combined thing. So America was always semi-isolationist in that we didn't want to interfere in Europe. But if it was in America, we were more than fine uh, not being isolationist. I mean, I think uh, I kind of feel like we should go back to that policy. What was it? Was it the Monroe Doctrine? I'm probably someone's probably going to yell at me from the listeners. Do we have enough listeners that someone will yell at us? I don't know. I think it was the Monroe Doctrine that was like, hey, we aren't going to start any wars with Europe, but if you come over here and do anything in America, we're going to fuck with you. 
this is our area and they weren't talking oh, yeah. about just it the was, US. um it warned europe it was um we will not intercede in europe but we will warn all european nations that the united states would not tolerate further colonization or puppet monarchs in the american continent yeah basically so. we got this side of the world now fuck off exactly but yeah i mean so america's isolationist during world war one we refused to enter the war and then the sinking of the lusitania happens along with the so that gets us into the war were we truly isolationist because we we're sending ammunition and stuff to the troops in England? Not really, but we weren't sending troops. We get involved. The war ends. Um, Truman or not Truman. Wilson, Woodrow Wilson tries to form the League of Nations. His own Congress votes against it. America doesn't join. The League of Nations falls out. Uh World War II breaks out. America remains isolationist until Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> Japan. And, hey, Germany, look, I attacked America. I sunk their entire naval fleet. You attacked America. That was pretty quick. Yeah. I don't know why you were so upset. It's just a small little island in the Pacific. Dear God, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, then America I mean, seriously, becomes if Japan, world police. If Japan had never hit Pearl Harbor, we probably would have just said, fuck it, let Europe burn. I mean, we had Nazis hold a, I mean, this was pre-World War II breaking out, but Nazis held a rally at Madison Square Garden and filled the garden early on in like the 1930s. Yeah, but you have to remember the Nazi party in the 1930s was pushing... Um, was not pushing the rhetoric they were pushing by the 40s. I'm not saying it's the same party of the 1940s, but what I am saying is America had enough sympathizers, Charles Lindbergh and such, True. that if there was not a reason to get involved in the war, I don't know if we would have gotten involved in the war. And yet we put the Japanese in internment camps and uh, that is true. not the Germans, but it's, I guess, I guess the hey. FDR's uh, excuse was it's much easier to tell if someone's Japanese than German by looking at them. America has a racism problem. The world has a racism problem. It's called being human. Uh, it's yeah, just something that's basically coded into our DNA. Tribalism. Um, but I mean, even in World War II, really quick, the king of england resigned and the only reason queen elizabeth is queen is because her uncle gave up advocated the throne because of who he fell in love with and he was like buddy buddy with all the nazis and was like trying to be like oh these people are great like right yeah uh so yeah and then left his it left his brother to clean up the mess who lived his entire life knowing he would never have to be king so why should he you know, burden himself with that thrown into the situation and like, uh, fuck. <laughs> now he's king. Yeah. So America... actually for him, it would have been more like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> America stays. Yeah. America ends up being isolationist. Like, so without that world war, we don't get involved in that. We don't take our first steps towards America, world police, America. Fuck. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I think. Oh, here's here's one. Okay, here's thought process. So World War One doesn't happen. We're isolationists. We maintain this thought of isolationism. You now get into the 20s or the 30s when the World War actually does happen, but it's different. There's greater technology. But as technology has progressed, America has gotten better at being isolationist. So when the World War breaks out in Europe in the late 20s, early 30s, America is true isolationist and basically is like, you do whatever the hell you guys want. Don't fucking cross the ocean. I mean, it and makes... just and, and solidifies it and we stay out of it. it I makes... think you wait long enough. America doesn't get in and not because America like isn't dragged into it. But if you give America enough time, we've always been about advanced weaponry and advanced warfare. So if World War One doesn't happen until enough time has passed, America's that person that Europe just goes, don't fucking get them involved. They're going to break everything. Okay, I, this this leads me to a thought. And I, I don't know the likelihood of it actually happening, but I, I'm going to work off of World War One breaks out in the late 20s, early 30s. America doesn't get involved. Canada doesn't get involved. Uh, Mexico doesn't get involved. Europe, because of weaponry, just destroys itself. By the time the war's over or near its brink, all the European countries are just so beaten down, so destroyed that America, Mexico, and Canada now start colonizing backwards. Oh, that would be awesome. So France becomes a colony of America. England is now a colony of Canada. Oh, no, I think we would fight Canada and England. But reverse colonization. That's interesting. It starts off as aid, just yeah. simply. And it's, we're, we're, just, we're here to help you. We're, we're, we're going to re, we're gonna restabilize your government. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine 2020 arguing in the House that we need to make England a state? It is ridiculous that we have a territory over there in Europe. And then it used to practice it used to practice self-governance. Uh, someone's arguing for it to be four states. No, we should have uh, Britain, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. They should each be independent states. And once again, you're just stacking your party's votes because you know they're all going to come over and join the Tory party. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. The other thing I thought of is does the Great Depression happen without World War One? Because the Roaring Twenties doesn't happen. The Great Depression, though, was caused by markets that were affected by the results of World War One. But didn't. But wasn't wasn't there an also a component that was environmental? The Dust Bowls, I thought, happened post. Uh, World War One, or sorry, Depression. The Dust Bowls were in the 1930s. Oh no, yeah, you're right. I mean, the yeah. Dust Bowls would have still happened because America would have still farmed stupidly, destroying the topsoil. Right. 
Oh, yeah, is uh, the four phases of the Great Depression. First, the government's easy money policies caused an artificial economic boon with a subsequent crash. Why does that feel somewhat familiar right now? Uh, President Hubert Hoover's interventionist policies after the crash suppressed the self-adjusting aspects of the market, thus preventing recovery and prolonging the recession. Funny, government can't fix it. They never have. After Hoover left, FDR's New Deal expanded Hoover's interventionalism into nearly every aspect of the American economy, thus deepening the depression and extending it even longer. We all learned in school the New Deal was a failure, and then labor laws such as the Wagner Act struck the final blow to the remaining healthy sectors of the economy, dragging the last remaining bulwarks of the productivity to their knees. The only thing that got us out of the Great Depression was World War II. But the Great Depression doesn't happen without World War I. Or at least doesn't happen the way it did. You probably don't have a Great Depression. You probably have a bad recession. But you probably never get the easy money policies. Oh, you know, I remember the bad recession of 1935. Remember, remember when, when, that, uh, when the buggy market crashed? Everybody was buying those horse and buggies. It was crazy. It was an unsustainable industry. America without World War One, because World War Two never happens, probably never ends up having an amendment to cap the president's term at two terms mm. because FDR doesn't stay in office for four terms without World War Two. Mm. It sets up sets up evil to happen later. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've all seen Watchmen. It sets up uh, five terms of President Nixon. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Just I'm like, it's just more of how much this thing is huge. It's pervasive. It's in every every aspect of our lives. It's screwed up everything caused yeah. every problem yeah it was such a huge thing you know we we live in the sci-fi world of the 1950s sci-fi novels without world war one we all have flying cars today uh world peace uh solar panel on every roof a lightsaber in everyone's hand you'll have all the technology you'll never have world peace <laughs> Uh, mini atomic bombs in everyone's pocket. Okay, so that's a good question. World War One doesn't happen. Is it America that develops the nuclear bomb first, or is it someone else? Mm -hmm. Do the scientists like Einstein and Oppenheimer and those guys come to America if World War One doesn't happen, or do they stay put where they were? World War One doesn't happen. Persecution of Jews still continues in Europe because anti-semitism was a thing back then well even right without hitler i mean yeah my my belief on that is the holocaust was always going to happen it was <sighs> just it was just when but i mean i don't know, you know the, the, the main the... the main guys that invented the nuclear bomb and and the principles behind it fled europe and germany not because of the holocaust. persecution of jews and all of that but more just because of germany's growing escalation 
I mean, because without World War One, Germany never goes off the rails. It still stays a a young country that's growing and trying to be better. Germany that created World War Two was because it was young. It was trying to figure it out. It was basically getting its sea legs. And then all of a sudden they're like, it's all your fault. I, I'm a baby. I barely existed in this world. No, it's all your fault. Germans are fucking dumb. You screwed it all up. And they're like, you know what? Fuck you. See, here's uh, I can't give a good opinion here because I don't know enough about who was the pivotal area of scientific research during that time. Knowing what scientific research in Europe is like today, I want to say that, you know, Switzerland or Denmark attracted these great minds. They discover nuclear fusion, but they don't use it to develop the bomb. They use it to work towards nuclear fusion energy or create the Large Hadron Collider even earlier, creating the Mandela effect even earlier. Um, But then once that technology is there, how long before someone sees it as a military use and turns it into the bomb? I don't know. I want to say the nuclear bomb doesn't happen without World War One. But you think Oppenheimer still develops the technology just instead of sticking it into a bomb, he sticks it into a energy Some, reactor, an energy reactor or something. They they still scientists would still continue to look towards things and find the way to split the atom and develop that technology. I just Ooh. don't think it becomes the bomb. Then I got it because Oppenheimer was American. And from what I just quickly pulled up, pretty much the pivotal person that um, developed the technology for the atomic bomb. No World War One, no need to make a bomb. So he creates nuclear reactors and just expands the nuclear energy field. Largest nuclear power plant in the world resides in the United States. Therefore, um, Chernobyl doesn't happen, but a Chernobyl event happens in the United States instead. Ooh. Now I'm thinking like Denver as like the new chernobyl because you know they would put something like that outside of denver for some reason that would be oh yeah no i i don't think the nuclear bomb happens i think the technology for the nuclear bomb happens but it's used for something other than a bomb without world war one um that means when it's finally turned into a bomb it's 10 times the size oh yeah which means the first time it like that's the thing we haven't the launched. nuclear bombs that we dropped on Japan, on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, are like it's like nothing compared to what we would drop today. Yeah, I was going to say we haven't launched the bombs we have now. The bombs we have now are scary, scary bombs. You could probably drop one and hit both Nagasaki and Hiroshima with how big the blast radius is. You know what's even crazier about the nuclear bomb for a second? There was a very, very, very low risk to it, but they did think there was a slight statistical potential that they would ignite the atmosphere and destroy the world the very first time they did it. Right. And yet they still did it. Eh, You know, you you weigh your things. All right. So to wrap us up, I want to hop in our time machine one more time and look at one other situation. World War One still happens. Everything okay. goes the way it does. Okay. 
people are less stupid at the end of the war and draw less severe treaties against Germany and more reasonable definitions to what caused the war. What happens when we the punishment for World War One is different? Punishment for World War One is different. I am going to throw I there's I see one of two possibilities, but I feel one of them is lame, so I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I'm gonna go with so the treaty is the treaties are more favorable for Germany, their punishment is less severe, people are intelligent. Hitler still comes to power. It takes longer. Because of that, it is everything. World War II happens, but it happens later and it happens worse. And the Axis wins. Because See, instead of World War II being a reactionary war to World War I, it ends up being a methodical, basically think, of all the great conquerors of the past. I don't know. So I don't know if that happens though, because thinking on it, if the treaties are more favorable to Germany, Germany can still have a standing army. That was one thing that they lost in the treaty. So now we've got the military still existing. Does the Nazi party ever form? Does Hitler ever get sent undercover to the Nazi party? I don't know if the Nazi party forms without the punishment to Germany. But most of Hitler's beliefs and what shaped him into who he was happened in World War One. So if World War One still happens the way it is, he leaves the war. Even if everything after World War One is made better, you know, Germany's not punished there, like all of that. Hitler still maintains all of his beliefs. But without the Nazis, does he do what he does or does he become like the dictator of Austria? Like, does he try to reform an Austria again? Like, no, I think I think he goes after Germany and I think it just takes him longer to build. So I see it less as the Nazi party is what radicalized him and more the Nazi party. He realized he had a tool to accomplish what he wanted quicker. I think if if you go off of the argument, well, maybe the Nazi party never formed and he never got sent undercover, he's eventually going to build up that fan base. It's just going to take longer. And the difference is, I mean, a charismatic authoritarian will always find a base. They will always come to power. Fidel Castro will always come to power. Hitler will always come to power. Mao will always come to power. It, it's just It's just one of those inevitabilities of the human race and the human condition. So I go with world war two in that scenario, world war one happens, but everything else is like, after it was done better, I think you get world war two happening in the sixties. I still don't know. I, I agree that we still get world war two because world war two, I think is really what changed a lot of people's minds on how we go into direct conflict today. It's what led to the Cold War. It's what led to the proxy wars of Vietnam and Korea and all that. Um, but I just I don't know if Hitler still rises to power because his rise to power required some key events that I just don't know happen. I don't know if he goes undercover in the Nazi party. 
The beer hall putsch never happens. He never ends up in jail. He never writes Mein Kampf in jail, then gets released early to appease the growing Nazi movement and slowly bring him into the chancellorship and everything that happens there. I got you. I got you one better. So you say because of those events, he never goes to jail. He never writes Mein Kampf. He's never released early. I think he goes to jail because he doesn't have a Nazi party to do this, but he still has all of his beliefs and Mein Kampf is still in his head. And bad where you are? Can you hear any of this? It's back now. There we go. Where'd you lose me? Uh, some right around his beliefs. He never okay. writes Mein Kampf. No, no. So he does. So he still maintains all of his beliefs from World War One. But there's no Nazi party for him to glom onto. So I think he's just a dissenter and he's an angry person. And eventually he pisses off the wrong people or he tries to form his own little group. But because it doesn't have any grand appeal or mass support, um, he does eventually get arrested because maybe he's doing terrorist things against Germany. He goes to jail. He writes Mein Kampf. In the jungle. Oh, there you are. I wonder how this I if we lose this entire recording, I'm going to be so pissed. (laughs) I hope we don't. (laughs) Did you think you lost it? Well, Zoom stopped for a second and then came back this time. That's terrifying. All right. Let's get through this point and let's end this episode before we have. Okay, I know every time I get to this point. Okay, I'm going to say it really quickly. Okay, he comes out of World War One. He still has all of his beliefs. There's no Nazi party to support him. So he forms basically a pseudo domestic terrorist organization attacking Germany because he still has all of his beliefs from World War One. He does end up getting arrested. He does end up writing Mein Kampf. But instead of getting released early to appease the Nazi party, he stays in jail for a number of years like Mandela gets released when he's in his later years is more powerful has a larger base, and that's how you get World War II in the 60s. Ten Uh, times worse than if it happened in the 40s. Thanks, I hate it. But it's plausible. You could see it happening. An old, angry Hitler sitting in jail. Do you know what the worst part is in in that world? Somewhere in some part of America, in some university... Someone spray someone spray painted free Hitler. Uh, I hate it. And that <laughs> person was Donald Trump at Wharton University. Let's let's be honest. He didn't. He doesn't know how to work a can of spray paint. <laughs> he doesn't know how to spell either. So would be very, it like the R would be backwards. Hippler. Hip, uh, the last hip, name Hipner. Do you have a hip problem? Hitler would be spelled like uh, how Nostradamus spelled it. And then people would be like, oh, his prophecy is actually true. We see the guy's name up on this wall. Oh, yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, when we think about history, World War One was this grenade. And we're still feeling its explosion and shrapnel today. It's interesting to imagine what the world would be like if it weren't for World War One, but we live in the world that did have World War One. Right. And there's no going back. Very true. So 
before we have any more technical difficulties today <laughs> due to I'm going to guess my internet line hitting the tree because my router has not gone down. I'm able to web browse when this freezes. My internet's working on my phone. Let's end this episode before we have any more technical difficulties. Sounds good, Jake. So to uh, to our six listeners, I'll uh, we'll we'll sign off as we always do. Stay safe, drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time at the tavern. Speaks podcast this. <laughs>